Welcome to episode 35 of the Average Joe's MMA Show, Jeff Shanahan, along with David Van Boglen. And we are joined once again by our brother from the Great White North, Mr. Ryan Dempsey. Welcome back, sir. Hey, guys. How are you? We're great. How's it going, everyone? Excellent. We got such a ratings boost from your uh, from your one episode, we uh, we decided we needed to bring you back to preview everything UFC the Canadian, 202. The Canadian, the Canadian support, guys. That's right. I, I bring all of Canada with me wherever I go. That's right. You are you are flying the Canadian flag everywhere you go, sir. And bringing, bringing those Canadian <laughs> listeners to the average Joes. So, yeah, uh, Lord knows why they listen to me, but they do. Hey, man. <laughs> we, we ask the same questions about ourselves every right. week. So. Every week. <laughs> that's what we, that's ask, what, that's what we used to ask work, all the right? time. <laughs> When you first started popping around, we're like, "Why does this guy listen every week?" <laughs> so we had, hey, we're all better for it. That's right. We uh, we had a rare week last week where we didn't have any fights in the UFC, so got no cards to and break I down. There's nothing really going on this week, from there, right? There's, no, there's, no, no, it's a, no, it's it's another it's another dead week. Man. It's another dead week for news and and everything. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, if you if you believe that, you have not been on well, the internet or... or I, I heard there was something, some minor card going yeah, on. Yeah, some, some minor card. Yeah, this. No, the, the, I think the, uh, the news I heard, uh, 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 UFC fire tested positive and he blamed some Mexican meat. I think that was the only news that, I heard <laughs> that broke this week. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there was... Yesterday, there was a, a, a press conference and a fight broke out, so... Yeah, they oh, did the, that happens daily. They did the new water bottle challenge. Yeah, they had a new water bottle yeah, challenge. Oh, there we go. That, that, no, that was something I could get behind. Is that dumping water on myself? Just let me chuck a water bottle at you. <laughs> and then it can be three people. I'm nominating three people to take a water bottle to the face. <laughs> as long as it's not the, uh, as long as it's not Conor McGregor's girlfriend or the little girl that Conor McGregor hit, right? Oh, man. Yeah, we get, we'll, we'll get right into that. So... UFC 202 this coming Saturday night from Las Vegas. The main event, Diaz versus McGregor 2. As we talked about yesterday at the uh, pre-fight press conference, first we had, what, Connor showing up 15 minutes late. Um, uh, 25 minutes late. Was it 25 minutes late? late. Okay. I, I, uh, I think it was almost like half an hour. They... they uh... They got really deep into it. I mean, they were talking to the Coleman when Connor showed up. That's true. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were getting a ton of of questions about John Jones and Daniel Cormier for Anthony Johnson and, and uh, to share it. So, <laughs> you know, how bad is that? Your Coleman event is being asked a question about a fight that will probably never happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that would get super annoying if I was if I was rumbling to share it. But uh, so when Connor finally shows up, sits down, answers a few questions, Nate just gets up. He decided it was time for him to. Yeah, go. he's like, I've had enough, and decides to walk out into the crowd, start flipping off Connor, talking a bunch of shit, and melee ensued. Things where the water bottles were thrown. Yep. Yes. No, um, that there, um, I think, was the smartest thing for Connor to do. Uh, I think this fight going into it was probably the first fight that Connor was at a disadvantage in the mental game. And when he broke out 
uh, you know, bring your clinch, bring your jujitsu, bring all the stock, then I'll knock you all the fuck out. When Nate, when he said that Nate Diaz got up, that broke Nate Diaz. Something I like something clicked in Nate Diaz, and like the look in his face, it, it, there was that little subtle change. And when he got and walked away, he was in Nate's head. And when you have Jake Shields and Nick, and uh, and Nick throwing bottles at you, uh, I think that camp's in trouble. Yeah, um, like, there's something about that. Connor had to get an edge back, and he did it. That's an interesting. That's an interesting yeah. take on it. I hadn't. I hadn't thought about that at all. Actually. Even uh, even showing up late as part of that. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Showing him that he's uh, in a subtle way not taking him seriously. I mean, in a way, it's it was to slight him. Oh yeah. Uh, to slight the uh, Diaz and Nate Diaz said in an interview that he got up and left because when Connor showed up, the whole show was about Connor anyway, so there was no reason for him to be there. Makes sense. You almost have to think that um, uh, how Con- it was always going to go Connor, no matter what, no matter if he was there half an hour early or half an hour late, it was going to be Connor, Connor, Connor. I, I think that there was something. I mean, he's just backstage. Bring out Rumble. Bring out Teixeira. Bring out Diaz. Let them talk so that they can have their moment to do what they got to do. And then Connor can walk out, and then the show can go to him, and just see where the ball goes from there. That's that was that was my initial thought when he didn't show up. Okay, so I mean they they've done that in the past with with other fighters that were more uh, dominant to the media's eyes. They did a solo thing with Brock Lesnar. Right. They've done solo things to the other guys like that. So maybe that well, they've was... done solo. You know, Connor won the night. Connor won the belt. Yeah. He did the solo press conference afterwards and because they knew it. They knew it was going to be dominated by him anyway. Uh, all the questions were going to be so there was no reason to have an entire panel out there right. when you know ninety five percent of the stuff is going to be directed towards one person. Right. Yeah. So uh, do, I, do I have you guys still? Yep, we're still here. You stare. Oh, okay. I just kind of lost you guys there for a bit. That damn three G. No, no, I think it was your side because I heard beeps only. Well, I heard myself talking, but I didn't hear you guys talking. So that's your side. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. okay, it's our fault. <laughs> it's not <laughs> but yeah the, the 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 craziness yesterday I mean they can try to blame it on whoever they want to as far as the Diaz camp but the first bottle was thrown by the Diaz yeah. camp oh, well that's it and uh, I mean uh, and if you go back and look at it uh, Dana White had that that classic, like, uh, you know, when you're, uh, you know, like 10, 12 years old and, uh, you know, Dave's pushing you and then you push Dave, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's happy. And then there's me in the background. Oh, Jeff, uh, don't do it. Don't, don't, yeah. don't push me back. And <laughs> in my head, oh, come on, please do it. Please do it. Like, <laughs> you know, wait, Connor, don't throw that bottle. Like, like he, he, Dana wanted that to happen and he, like, he had to fight back. You really think Dana That's was? That's more than had to fight back Conor McGregor. He's he seemed pretty pissed. Oh, for sure, like That's legitimately pissed. And then we were just oh, reading. Oh, come on, Dana White gets pissed. It's true, he gets pissed at everything. But I can see, I can see why he wouldn't have wanted it to happen. Not so much the two of them just throwing bottles at each other, but all the other people that got hit and the potential lawsuits. You know, we were reading an article from an interview earlier today about him going off about. The NSAC going to find and suspend both of them, and there's probably a lawsuit coming. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, I guess uh, I, I, it does look bad for uh, uh, WME. Yeah, their second pay per view, yeah. and that's what they got to deal with. I definitely. I mean, it was the Zoof. I think if it was the Zufas. It was whatever they can throw a couple billion at it if they had to. But with WME, it's a it is a new ownership, and you're trying to more legitimize the sport. There's a union coming in, right? You know, but I don't know. Just looking at Dana, he like he looked like classic Dana. Like he looked like Ultimate Fighter One Dana. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen that Dana in a long time. Well, you see him all the time. You just don't realize it. <laughs> yeah, I meant. I just meant. I just meant the uh, the young, the young looking. Oh, oh, oh the the in shape Dana. The in shape <laughs> still has a little bit of hair. Yeah, doesn't look like you know he hasn't slept in oh, seventeen years. Man, I miss that Dana so much. Right. Well, what did what could uh, WME or anyone expect when you have these two guys who have already who are both notoriously, uh, for lack of a better word, right. um, insane. Uh, and <laughs> well, will, so they will push the envelope. From Stockton and from Ireland, and you're going to put them in a room and say, okay, behave? Right. Exactly. Oh, okay, good luck. And that Stockton camp in its own has its own history of outside and inside the cage uh Incidents, you know, you've got well, the. You go back to that that strike force fight there after uh, after Nick Diaz was uh, was it Nick or it may have been Nate. And after the fight, it's all said and done, and all of a sudden, uh, Nick Diaz just decides to start fighting the trainers like for no reason. Well, remember, he wants to get in on it. Remember when uh, wasn't it? Um, oh God, wasn't it Jake Shields when? Uh, when what's his face? Um, oh God, the crazy one, uh, Mayhem. When Mayhem got into the fight or got into the cage and came okay, in, that, that's yeah, that was the straight cage. That's the one I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one when it all the Nick Diaz and Jason Mayhem Miller. That's right. Yep. It was on CBS. That's yeah, great. it was. On, it was their first oh, fight on CBS. So much information in my head. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the the Strike Force debut on CBS, and then that brawl. That's right. It was also the Strike Force end of CBS. Yeah, true story. But then you got you know other incidences when uh, just just what six eight months ago when uh, uh, Namagamedo's brother was fighting in Bellator or World right. Series was it World Series? Yeah, World Series. And the Diaz brothers and the Namagamedovs and their whole camps all got into this giant fight <laughs> in the streets. Well, I mean. Uh, I forget who the fighter was. It's in the uh, the article I posted to you guys last night um, from uh, MMA Fighting, but uh, an article by uh, Sean Al Shadi. Yep. And uh, I can't think of who it was. It was his first fight in the UFC, and they and the, he lands in Vegas. I said, "Dana White, so where's your camp?" Oh, I'm by myself. Well, you're by yourself. Yeah. Okay, don't check into the hotel. Well, I'm going to the hotel right now. Okay, well, try to avoid the DSs because if they see you, they're probably going to jump you. Like, they, just have their, they, they have a reputation. If they see you, it doesn't matter if it's inside the or not. If you're an opponent, you're in trouble. And it's just, they're, they're crazy. Like, they're nuts. Like, they're, they're, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, crazy, crazy loose cannons is about the best way to describe that entire... 209 camp. And the, and the scary thing is that they're also so talented that if they choose 
two, they can just kill you. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. You can tap it on the street all you want. The referee's not breaking that chokehold. No. no. That's up to them. So let's uh, let's get into the breakdown of this one. I know we've all gone back and watched the fight, the first fight, more than a few times this week. I, I watched it this morning, Ryan. I know you've watched it 17 times, Dave. I know you've yeah. watched it more than a few times. Um, I'm going to correct you there, Jeff. I'm actually north of 25 at this point. <laughs> wow. So you snuck a few yeah, in on me today? This includes watching it uh, seven times just this morning alone. Slow day at work? Uh, day off of work. Oh, yeah. oh they get So, uh, like, I, like I've told you guys before, this fight, um, when it happened, there was a lot of fandom for me. So I did watch it a bunch of times to see how everything happened. Right. And then when, when you guys had asked me to come on the show... I was trying to, and this, you know, this goes back about, what, a month and a half, two months ago, and I wanted to kind of have, like, any insight that I could have, just to give conversation, and I kind of got just so enthralled with the story, and trying to figure out what's going to happen in this fight, and every time I watched the fight, you know, with volume, without volume, focusing, doing other things, they're just, this fight, there's this... Like I said to you guys yesterday, it's it's probably the most certain outcome that is the most uncertain fight. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to put it. I I can't see I I can I know how the fight is going to end, but I don't know how this fight is going to end. Right. I mean, it's it's a and, tough fight to call. It's your. I mean, for me personally, my heart is pulling me in one direction. My fandom is pulling me in one direction, and my logical head is pulling me in a complete different direction. Yeah, and I know for a fact I'm definitely uh, I, I'm on the exact same side that you are. Like my heart and my my heart and my uh, my logic are telling me two different things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a pretty clear cut outcome of what I think is going to happen in this one. Yep. And um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think 170 is is for Connor. No. Um, and I think this no. weight, the weight class itself is not is, at all. No, is not where he should be. Um, this opponent is not a good opponent for him. Uh, the, the length, the ground game, everything that Nate Diaz brings is something that. Wait, wait, Nate Diaz has a good ground game. <laughs> no. I know, right? Maybe, maybe a little. <laughs> maybe just just a touch. <laughs> With all with all those tools that he has, it just it's not it's not a good fight for Connor and the weight uh, that they're doing that especially um, none of that adds up to good news for Connor. No, I don't think anyway. Going back to one ninety six, um, I'm actually very shocked still that um, Dana let it go to one seventy. When Nate Diaz uh, took the phone call and said, I'll do it, and they put it to Connor, he said, I'll do it, let's do it at 170. I'm surprised because Connor was getting ready for 155. Yeah. The mental advantage of making Nate cut down from, he's probably walking around to probably around, you know, the high 70s, low 80s, making him cut down to 170 isn't that bad because he fights mm-hmm. there relatively often or right. often enough. Making him drop that other 15 pounds does put a little psychological advantage on your side and I think that 
losing at 170 to Connor, he wants to prove that he can do it at 170, and that's it's just it's not a good not a good choice. No, no I don't think so either. I think, I think it would have been um, a really interesting story if Nate Diaz said, "Let's go down to 155, and I'll kick your ass there too," because then all of a sudden you can put more asses in the seats. All right, at, at 55, I might even have a different opinion of what the outcome is going to be. Uh, that 15-pound difference, you know, I, I think favors Connor more because his, his speed would be there, and uh, there'd be a lot. There'd just be a lot more advantages to him to fighting there since he's, you know, he's generally lighter weight anyway. Right. And all right, this extra, right. all this extra weight just doesn't. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it as good for him. He seems. Like, uh, he's fighting to put on weight just to make that right. weight. Right. Yeah, whereas, you know, he's not walking around at, the you know, 190s or so and, and cutting down. He's he's cutting, he's having to go up. Yeah, he's having that's to hard. Yeah. put on it yeah. and maintain weight. Putting, putting on it, because even, even fighting at 170, <laughs> I think uh, he weighed in 168. Right, he was and under Diaz was right at 170. And you can say, you know, oh, it's only two pounds, but... Two pounds is a lot when you're getting hit in the face. It is. It makes a huge difference. A huge difference. And people don't realize that. I've said from the moment this fight was announced the second time around that I did not understand why the rematch is taking place at 170 again when they could easily fight at 55. I kind of understood why it happened the first time because, you know, such short notice. Nate didn't feel like he could make the wait in time. Like you said, Ryan, I think it would have been better for Connor to be like, no, fuck it. You want to fight me? Make 55. There's other guys here ready to go yeah. 55. Yeah. yeah. But Connor being Connor was like, fuck it. I'll go up and fight. I don't care. I'll fight anybody. Stupid, but commendable. Right. Um, just My head tells me Diaz is going to win this fight. Uh, unless Connor. The success that Connor had in the first round really troubles me. Okay, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, this is something that uh, it's going to bother me um, this whole week, with okay. the being fight week. Yeah, hearing everybody talk about uh, Conor McGregor's first round and what uh, eight, seven, eight minutes total or so of domination, and like he was landing his shots, but like watching with my wife. And when they showed the slow motion uh, replay at the end of the round, she was, oh, Diaz landed some shots. Yes, oh, absolutely. And he, and, he, and he was tagging up Connor that was never mentioned. No, it wasn't. So you look, you look at it that Connor definitely won the first round of it, but Diaz was never in trouble. No. And I feel like that's something that's not being touched on, and I think that's a major story uh, storyline. Yeah, um, that's going to make an appearance in this fight because Connor can throw the kicks and he can throw the punches. Diaz has a chin on him that it's granite. Like, let's be real. Like, he's a statue that just goes out there and fights. And Connor threw everything at him. I mean, you can go back and watch. I think it was like a, a minute and a half into the first round, he left the octagon, went underneath it. And much like Ahmed Johnson in WrestleMania 13 against the Nation Domination, he took out the kitchen sink, whacked Nate Diaz upside the head, and ah. stood there and said, that's all you got? Yeah. So last time we get a Dan Miller, Rosamar Palharis fucking random thing. Now you're pulling out Ahmed Johnson versus the Nation of Domination. 
seriousness like conor mcgregor did everything that he had and like nate diaz he was bleeding that like he had scar tissue i mean if you watch fighting if you know fighting scar tissue builds up and it makes you bleed easier easily so that cut was was a lot worse than it actually was yeah it looked worse than it actually was and and everyone you can say that he dominated the round if you whoop someone's ass for eight minutes and they're still coming forward and they have more energy than you. Are you really winning that fight? That's, that's yeah. a good point. But he's coming at. He's not just coming at him. He's coming at him, smiling and and slapping. And he was slapping. punching. He, he was. He was. Uh, he was. Uh, if you actually go back and watch on slow motion, he was uncorking Stockton slaps. He wasn't yes. even putting punches to the jaw. He was slapping him in the forehead. Yeah. And uh, and. And that's where the mental game is going to come into this fight because Connor broke in that. He he. he um, he broke uh, physically and mentally. Oh, I see that happening again, really. Honestly, I don't see uh, much of a change here. I think we're going to get some of the same uh, antics that we got, you know, because that's who Nate is. And it's going to yeah. have the same kind of effect on Connor because that's who Connor is. Right. I, I can see things going down differently. I definitely can. I definitely can see Connor learning from the things that he did wrong in the last fight. Because my when I was talking about the way he, he controlled and won the first round, it wasn't even so much just the striking, but, you know, when Nate tried to clinch him up, he was able to control the clinch and get himself off the cage, push Nate back up against it, and not get completely dominated and controlled um, by him. But... It's the biggest issue is getting him on the ground. It's it's the ground. Uh, Nate gets him to the ground, and that's it. Yeah, that's the scariest thing. Is if we if Nate gets him to the ground, it's it's a it's a night night deal. Goddamn four G. <laughs> we got you back. Quick. Yeah, we got you back quick. So I was what I was just saying to Dave when we lost you was um. What, what I was talking about, the things with, with Connor in that first round, it wasn't so much the striking and, and dominance, but it was his ability to to get into the clinches with Nate and not get worked over. And I think if he if he can if he can exude some more of that while doing hitting some of the strikes that he was landing, keeping his fists up and not standing there with his goddamn hands down and trying to work yeah, the, you know. Sometimes Connor can make the hands down work. He can sometimes, but that was definitely not the case. Silva. Uh-uh. What he didn't have his left. He needed that left yep. to hit more. Yeah, the left was was yeah. way off the mark. And um, if he would have hit that, even, that left, even at it the end of the better. round, I will give Connor the uh, the praise on the on the ground. He did look a little good at the end of the round. Um, but it was, uh, it was, I think it was like about well, ten seconds worth of work. Yeah. So you, it's not really enough to build off of. Like you know, if there's another five seconds, for you know, there's a triangle choke. So I, but he he did get to, get to the ground and he did keep composure. Um, I think for me, it's having the groundwork. Uh, for me, it's the cardio. Um, does Connor have the cardio 
to throw the punches at 170 for 15 plus minutes. 25? Yeah, 25 now. Well, I, I, it's not going to go 25. No, it's uh, not I, going. I think, no, I think if it gets to the fourth round, we're going to see a finish. I think I think 15 minutes is probably where this fight's going to be decided. I think it's going to be because of Connor's cardio. I think he's going to uncork everything he has, and either he finishes him or he gets submitted. I uh, I just I can't see it going 25 minutes. I think I don't think his cardio is going to be a problem this time. I I think he accepted and knows that that was a huge issue in his last fight. And and granted, right. we've seen him finish a lot of guys quickly, but. He's gone the distance with people, and I mean, he he went 15 with with Holloway with a mm-hmm. busted knee. Yeah, and see, but that for me, uh, um, that was an interesting one because when he broke up his knee, that made him have to kind of not reserve energy, but he couldn't um, he couldn't put out as much. So I wonder if that kind of played into his cardio. Yeah, well, you know? he definitely managed it better. That's true, yeah. Yeah, because if you're not being able to throw your kicks, you're not using up energy, so you can go a little bit longer. Or if you can't throw a power punch, you just have to, like, you know, throw in a jab here and there, throw in a leg kick, body kick, keep a little bit lighter. I so think... you're able to go 15 minutes. If you're perfectly healthy and you're throwing all that, you're going to use up your energy right. at a faster rate. Leg kicks, I think, is something he needs to focus on this time. Because, like, I always remember... Uh... Joe had talked about at the beginning of the last fight um, how much weight Nate likes to carry on that lead leg. Yeah, well, and a lot of that is because uh, of, of Nate's wrestling. Yeah. And that's something you don't see. Normally you see Nate boxing, and then there's a clinch or a tie-up. He's taken down, and it's, uh, it's jiu-jitsu. But Nate has a, a very underestimated wrestling and I think that if Connor can beat up that leg, he hurts the wrestling, and that hurts the ground game. Yep. And then, yeah, and then that can open it up. So, at the end of the day, you got to pick a guy. Who do you pick? Uh, Connor McGregor. Head says heart says McGregor. Head says Diaz. I'm gonna go with Diaz on this one. I will not be disappointed whatsoever if McGregor is able to pull this win off. I love Connor. I'm a huge fan of him. But he killed me last time. He killed me, and I'm not ready to take that hit again. Um, yeah, uh, if, if this could have gone down at 155, my answer would be different. Yeah. I, I would pick Connor uh, without a doubt, but the weight, the you know, the all the lead up to it, everything is, is telling me that Nate Diaz is going to walk out with this one as well. And another side of that is I hope he does because I don't want to see a trilogy. I, I, I want this to end. I mean... And I want Connor to go back and start defending that belt. Connor's going back. I don't think even... Well, Dana White said yesterday, win, lose, or draw, yeah. Connor McGregor, Jose Aldo is going to happen before um, uh, McGregor DS3. Well, even, even Connor, when Connor but, finally uh, got... That, I mean, how many times have we heard that, right? Right. Even well, even Connor had had said himself. Um, you know, even even Connor had said himself that you know my next fight, the, the trilogy will happen regardless at some point, but it's farther down the line right now. After this fight, my focus is going back to one forty five and defending my belt. So, yeah, uh, I hate to break it to you guys, but this is uh, this is uh, this is Connor's fight. 
I'm not mad at you for being right, sir. Not at all. My my uh, my thing with Conor McGregor, and you know, I when he signed to the UFC, I I wish I had my old phone. I texted my brother, my cousin, and I said, look. They just signed this cat. I've checked with some of his fights. He's going to be the next featherweight champion. I had to wait a few years, but it happened. I followed him. I've supported him his whole career. Uh, I've only picked against him once, and it was the Nate Diaz fight because I didn't like that matchup then. I do like it now um, because Connor in this fight now, he has to show me something that I've never seen from Connor, and he somehow always has that. He has that it factor. When he went up against Chad Mendes on short notice, it was how can do against a wrestler. He was taken down. He proved he could get up. Right. He could land the kicks. Uh, you know, it may have been a Chad Mendes who was out of shape and was gassed early on. Uh, but still, he was able to finish and get the interim strap. He then went up against Jose Aldo, and they showed him backstage doing some little sparring. And he, they said, don't do that. He goes, no, I'm going to shift this way. I'm going to throw my left hand, and he's going to go to sleep. And they laughed at him and said, okay, whatever. Do what you want to do. The fight started 13 seconds later. We had a new featherweight champion. Connor has this thing about him. He knows what he's doing. Um, the three uh, $300,000, I think it's an absolute waste for jujitsu lessons at this point. In 10 weeks is not going to make you a black belt. Uh, oh, he said he's I been training he, with him for like six months. More the cardio, but regardless, I think that Connor's going to pull this one out. Uh, two minutes left in the third, or within the first two minutes in the fourth round, TKO finish. All right, I'd like to see it. Happen. I would like. I, I want you to be right, and this is my first time ever picking against this Mr. This is McGregor. my first time ever picking. I picked him even last time. Against yeah, I picked Nate. him against Nate. I just felt like the momentum he had going into the fight. But I didn't think that with such short I think he now knows, uh, and like we did mention earlier, the cardio factor. He's going to know how to use his energy better. <laughs> He's not going to attempt the worst takedown in MMA history mm-hmm. a second time. He's he's not going to put himself in that position. I think he's going to utilize everything better this time, and we're going to see those leg kicks to the body like we did against Mendez. And I think that's what's going to. I think that's going to be the big one. I think it's going to be uh, the his kicks to the body. That's going to be the deciding factor. Okay. So we've got two for Diaz, one for McGregor. Moving on to the co-main event. This fight's a title eliminator as we've got number one Rumble Johnson taking on number two Glover Teixeira. Whoever wins this fight's going to get the opportunity to get beat by Daniel Cormier. Can uh, I take a draw and they both don't get to fight for the title? Because I don't need to see that at all. I don't I don't really want to see Rumble in DC again. I wouldn't uh, mind seeing Glover just to give Glover the shot. The man's been a, a warrior for a long time. Uh, he had his shot against Jones, and he just... he he's He's been through too many wars, and I think DC will be able to take him down and just compare, do what he has to do. I don't know. Comparing his fight with John Jones against his fight against anybody else is, is uh, exactly fair. True. Yeah, that, that's very fair. With this fight, either either one of these guys that comes out, I mean, we've seen how Rumble fought uh, Cormier. It wasn't pretty at all. Rumble just got thrown around. I mean, he landed one or two shots, and 
they were heavy well, shots. That, that but... first round, I mean, that first round, Rumble was literally one punch away from being the champion. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and he set him right Rumble, on his ass. Rumble is always one yep. punch away from it with his strength. Yeah, very true. Unless he's fighting at 170. Yeah, at this at that 205, I mean, he could he could flatten anybody with a single punch if he lands it. But uh, in this fight here, I think Rumble's got the advantage. I think Glover's been, uh, as Jeff said, too many wars, too many fights. Um, I it's, think this Rumble's one's got here, This fight actually uh, is very reminiscent to me about a fight uh, of recent memory: uh, Robbie Lawler and Tyrone Woodley. You have a guy who's very, very dangerous and very capable of landing that one-shot knockout. But if it gets two minutes into the second round, he's in he's in a lot of trouble. Well, and he's going up against a guy who's been against a lot of wars, and he he's proven himself to have an iron chin, but and also one punch knockout that, power. That one that one shot's all it takes to change that chin from being iron to being water. Don't sleep on that one punch power of Glover to share now, sir. He's got it. Well, I, okay, I was about to make a really bad reference and say Fabio Maldonado, but that man's not human also. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Fabio. Poor Fabio. Poor Fabio, come on. He's knocking out Fede or Milanenko three times in one fight. And then getting screwed, which is why I said poor Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to one up me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb. I'm gonna be the lone guy here. I'm gonna take Glover. I think Glover can survive. Well, you're not the only one. Oh, you're taking you're picking Glover as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Glover has the ability to survive where he has to. Yep, that's exactly and, where I was uh, going. And that's all. And that's all he has to do. Just survive those first few minutes. That's all he has to do. And and I'm sure like you were gonna say before I so rudely interrupted you, uh, he would have uh, finished the fight. He'll finish the fight. I think I think Rumble gets uh, gets TKO'd uh, midway through the third. Yeah, I I say late second, early third. Rumble's gas tank goes out and he starts breathing through his mouth, and Glover catches him with one and, and puts him to sleep. Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, I see Rumble hitting that one punch knockout real early and putting this one to bed in, in the first. That's that's just really only his shot to do it. And absolutely, so he's, he's, he's got to do it. Then he's not making it. This is not going three rounds and Rumble's winning a decision. If I can uh, just uh, go slightly off topic, uh, the one thing about this fight that I'm <coughs> sorry, the one thing about this fight that I'm really uh, interested in with them becoming the number one contender is this, the John Jones uh, story that keeps on coming up and. Rumble Johnson being asked, do you want to fight John Jones? He says, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. And Glover, well, what, what happens if you're going to fight John Jones? Well, I'm, I don't really want to talk about that. If it's gonna... The fact that this division is now isolating themselves away from John Jones and they are now focusing on Daniel Cormier speaks of listeners volumes for now them trying to pump Daniel Cormier up now and pump this fight up. Well, I'm sure I'm sure if I'm, if I'm the UFC brass, I'm telling these guys, listen, Avoid talking about John. Try to put some to, to pump Cormier because yeah. he's our champion. John currently isn't even technically in the organization, so push our champ. Yeah. But you know you got to talk. It's funny that you go, you you go a year ago 
What do you think about a John Jones fight? You know, Rumble would have been, oh, I can't wait it. Gore, oh, I can't wait it. Nowadays, what yeah. about it? The weight has shifted. Well, if I'm either guy, I really don't want to fight John Jones either. You know, I, 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 I said it back uh, a year and a half ago, and I'll say it now. I think Rumble would have knocked out Jones. You really? Do you now? Not... And yeah, I, I really think Rumble would have taken out Jones then, and I say then he would have done it, but we'll have to see what happens with everything, I guess, right? Yeah, and we got lots of time to watch that one shake out. So we got years, hopefully. Yeah, you and I with Teixeira and, and one Rumble for Dave. Uh, last fight we're going to talk about on the main card is going to be Number nine, Rick Story, taking on number 14 at welterweight. That's an yeah. important thing to mention is yeah. that he is number 14 at welterweight. Donald Cowboy is, Cerrone. Is this, uh, is this Cerrone's third fight this year or second fight this year now? I think, it's his, he, I think it's his third fight of the year, and I think it's his second at welterweight. It's his second at welterweight, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he, okay. he had the loss, the loss of Dosanio. Then he beat. Well, that was that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was the end of 2015. So yeah, you're right. He had the fight against Oliveira in February, and then the fight against Patrick Cote in June. Oh, Patrick Cote, that was right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that the, the Cote was the one I couldn't think of the welterweight fight. Yep. Yeah, his fight with Patrick Cote. Um, I tell you, if I'm if I'm a if I'm a welterweight and I see what what uh, Cerrone did to Cote, I'm a little bit scared. If I'm a welterweight yeah. and, and Donald Cerrone's coming up to my division, other than a champion, I'm kind of scared. That would be too. Because, I mean, only the only reason I say other than a champion is because we know Donald doesn't fare so well in those title fights. Well, uh, Nate Diaz. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well. Sorry, I had to throw that one out there. <laughs> that's, a fair, that's a fair fair statement. But... This time he's got Rick Story. That's a, that's a scary fight still for yeah. Cerrone, man. Story is no joke. He's been around for a long time. I mean... Story's that guy, you know? He's the one, like... Is he going to be the one that, you know, he beat Johnny Hendricks? Yeah. Or is he, or is he going to be the one that... Oh, I can't think of the fight. The 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 fight where he just got obliterated. I can't... Um, I can picture the guy. I can't think of the name, but... He's one of these guys that you just don't know what you're going to get. But when he brings his A game, you better have an A-plus game. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely he's definitely gone back and forth throughout his career. He's been the uh, the win-one-lose-one guy. He's on a three-fight winning streak now with wins over uh, Mafra, Rick, or, uh, Gunnar Nelson, and uh, the decision over Tarek Safferdine back in May. So, I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of his legs underneath him. Uh, but I just don't know if he's got enough to beat Cerrone. No, I I, I think the upset of the night would be a, a Rick Story win. Oh yeah, like I think I think uh, I think Cerrone pretty much uh, has this one in the bag. I think uh, it's yeah. safe to say. Short, short of Cerrone. short of like maybe Larkin knocking out Neil Magny. I think if if Rick Story beats Donald Cerrone... Or Phillips finishing Pennington. Right, or Phillips, which we'll get to here in a second. (laughs) Um, But yeah, even though Story is ranked higher than Cerrone by five spots, I definitely think it would be considered a much larger upset if Rick was was to beat Donald. Yeah, that's one of those ones where the rankings 
really shouldn't count. No. Well, I mean, you got to... Only because, like, you know, he's a lightweight. He changed divisions, so now he's unranked. He has one win over a middleweight who's a welterweight also now. So he can only go up so many spots, right? Like, right. Yeah. It, 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 I, that, that 14, that's a fake 14. He's, I mean, he, he should probably be in the top 10 realistically. They just can't say it yet. Right. Yeah. He has to, he, he deserves to be in the, uh, in the top ten, but you got to win a couple more fights. This fight puts him in the top yeah, ten. I think a win beat, over this does. He beat Story. Him and Story. Story will drop down a couple spots, and Cerrone will climb into the top ten without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Predictions. And that would definitely open up that division too. Oh my god! It just yeah. makes one seventy a little that, more crazy. That one's, I don't understand how since two thousand and wow, two thousand two, two thousand three. So we're looking at you know, 13, 14 years, how welterweight has just been like the juiciest division, no matter what. There's always five or six contenders that can beat the champion, and then there's another five or six competitors that could beat the number one contender. It definitely, it's definitely always been a tough division. I think it got a little overshadowed during the, uh, the end of your boy's era when he was just laying, praying on everybody, and... You had Not laying prey. It was called domination. You, you, you I mean, potato, potato, whatever kind of bully. Yeah, on. if it's if if domination is the French Canadian way to say lay and pray, that's what we will, that's what we will <laughs> call it. Domination. I I call the Tiago Alves fight a complete lay and pray job, but you know that's just me. Yeah. You just don't like to see guys utilize their abilities, I guess. Dude, you're talking to a guy who grew up in the sport of wrestling. Like that, that is my bread and butter. <laughs> that is my bread and butter, sir. And, and I still get bored. Two cats. Yeah, two cats. Dave Dave also grew up in the sport. So. Yeah, so you guys are just jealous that you guys just didn't have the, the French-Canadian uh, blood in you that would take you to the level of... No, just take down, but then ground and pound. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and that's I'm, fine. You don't, you don't have to admit it. I know it's true. That's what happens when you got a, a Quebecer transplant living in in Windsor. <laughs> you damn homers! Get your now, guys. Get your now. You damn homers. So, all right, let's let's get some predictions here and this before, so we can move on to the the prelim fights. Uh, I'm going with Cerrone. Cerrone. I think. Yeah, you got a clean sweep here. How do we see? Do you guys see him finishing it, or is he going to grind this one out? Uh, second round submission. Second round sub. I, I think he's going to grind it. I out. think so too. Story's a grinder. I think. I think this is going to be an entertaining fight. Both these guys like to trade leather. I think, I, I think that Cerrone has an underrated. Um, Ground game. Oh, I do too. Not enough people feel, talk about his ground game. I feel like he's just he's just due for that like that that one fight where it's like oh oh shit he can do that. He wins more. Well, I mean, yeah, every fighter has, has that one fight where you kind of forgot that he could do it, and I think that this is the one where he's gonna, or where Storm's gonna make his mark. To be fair, and then so- he'll go out there and he'll call out Conor McGregor and uh, Nate Diaz <laughs> for the win. He's got a fifty three percent sub rate out of his fights. That's a, he's got more subs. Than anything else, so 
I could definitely land that way. Oh, I could see him landing that way. I mean, you know, he knocks Story down, gets him to the ground, starts ground and pounding yeah. him, takes the back, and Rudy yeah, chokes him out. I think people just kind of forget because all of his big fights seem to end up with him losing or a decision. Or a decision, right. yeah. yeah. You're right. At least lately. Lately. Yeah, it's been a while. I can't remember the last time he saw somebody. And only a second fight in at 170, I think. It, I just think it goes didn't, the distance. Oh, no, he TKO'd Cote, didn't he? Yeah, he did TKO him in the third. Yeah, um, I think it is. Yeah, uh, I think that I, I do think this has a possibility of being a like. I mean, it won't be for the night because we have McGregor Diaz on the card, but I think this one does have the chance to be for the night. It's it's a definite fight of the night potential. We fight. Get, we could get performance out of yeah. Guys. There's a performance of the. There's some kind of of the night hiding in this fight. Yeah, I think it's one sure. of the most exciting, exciting matchups that we have. Uh, there, there's two yeah. fights on the main card. We're not going to really talk about five total fights. Uh, Tim Means is making his return against a first-timer um, in Sabah Hamasi. And Hyung Gwai Lim is uh, taking on Mike Perry, who is also a first-timer. So, you know, I mean, we know we a lot of people know about Tim Means. He's been kind of high-profile lately with getting caught up in the whole USADA thing and getting cleared. Coming back off of... change his nickname? You think uh, you, 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 you the dirty cool bird was an accidental positive? But <laughs> do you think he's gonna go by dirty bird? You think he might he go by the, the I'm not sure the clean bird. Ah, look at you, both of <laughs> you two, same time. If he's smart marketing wise, I would. <laughs> if he's smart, I would go. I would go with that. But uh, yeah, we're not gonna. There's no sense in getting into it. Neither you know, most of our listeners aren't gonna know who. Either one of those guys are, besides Tim Means. So, main fight yeah, of the... Uh, I guarantee they'll give it another year and a half, and everyone will know Lim, because I, he's a beast. He's going to make a mark uh, in the uh, season <laughs> very <laughs> soon, I really believe it. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Absolutely, progress. absolutely. And I mean, he's in a great spot. He's in the second fight of the main card. It's a perfect place to showcase what you got against a newcomer, so... But uh, main fight yeah, of the and, FS1. And it's not often that the UFC does that. No, you're absolutely right. It's it's yeah. it's a spotlight position for for Lim. Unless they're try, unless they're trying to pump someone up, right? Right. Uh, speaking of guys that they're uh, they've been pumping up and and are pretty high on uh, number eight, Cody No Love Garbrandt is taking on Takeya Mixagaki in the coveted oh, FS1 oh, prelim spots. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way, man. This fight. This fight is going to be exciting. You got Garbrandt, who just is coming in nine and zero with an eighty nine percent KO rate. It's knocking does guys fight, out. Does this fight leave two minutes? I don't think so. I don't think so. We get a finish out of one of these two. Yeah, this, this fight goes no, finish. Don't, don't, don't even say one of these two guys. Does Garbrandt finish in two minutes? Pretty yeah, much. that's one He's a beast. I yeah. love him. He's had a great career. First round. He's not at Garbrandt's level at this point anymore. No, no, I, Mitsugaki's. I think, I think Garbrandt within ninety seconds has this one in the bag. I yeah, yeah. I and think then he goes on the mic and he calls out Cruz. You think he calls out Cruz or do you think he calls out Dillashaw? Oh, he's been calling out Cruz all week. Well, he's been calling out Cruz, but he's had a lot of things to say about TJ, and I know him being the lone team alpha male representative that's doing shit anymore or worth a damn anymore. He's had a lot of harsh things to say about TJ. And while the I think... The is smart. They sign it up as a... As a... Cruz versus uh, Garbrandt. Or Dillashaw versus uh, Cruz. 
because that and you keep either Dillashaw and Garbrandt open, and in the event somehow in the very unlikely because it's never happened before that Dominic Cruz gets hurt. <laughs> and he's hurt Dillashaw versus Garbrandt for the interim strap. I think that might be the best way to do it. I could see keep that too. Guys, keep one of those guys open. I just don't. Unless you want to do a triple threat match, which I'm also down for. I have, hey, dude. I have. I have called for more than multiple three way dance, old school three way dance fights between talking with Ken and, and Eric yeah. on Twitter. I have. I have said, get Paul Heyman out there, let him do the intros. And let's get ourselves an old school ECW yeah, three way dance. I was I was in the crowd for more go. than one uh, Raven Sandman Tommy Dreamer three way dance, and those yeah, were I was going to see Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> those three man, oh, yeah, I've seen them live. Dave spent some time in the in the heyday of the uh, ECW over on the East Coast. In the ballrooms. So. Yeah. Only on the average shows can we go from talking about Cody Garbrandt <laughs> possibly fighting for a title to Paul Heyman in a three-way three dance with Tommy Dreamer, Raven, and the Sandman. You got to, man. I mean, we're all over the map. We're all over the map. I'm, <laughs> that's right, that's I'm a long-term, old-school WWE, ECW, WCW yeah, fan. Way. I don't follow the product anymore, but if you want to talk about anything to th- like mid to late, mid-2000s back, yeah, I'm with you all day long, man. I will. I'll go toe to toe with anybody. Uh, so you don't know anything about CM Punk going into the UFC? I Who? I do know some things. You, you mean <laughs> Phil, Phil Brooks? Phil Brooks? He was the only besides Brock. Obviously, that's about the only superstar that I still gave a shit about their career when was Punk. I, I but yeah. well, it's gonna be interesting because well, we, a lot of we get so off topic. Uh, <laughs> Con McGregor, I think he's probably going to end up at UFC 205 in Madison Square Gardens, causing a 30-man Royal Rumble. Oh, Con McGregor well, versus the entire WWE roster, because, I mean, Christ almighty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're going to do it, you might as well do it there. Do it there. So we all... He's called everyone out. Yeah. We're all in agreement that uh, Garbrandt's going to yeah. take this one. Without a doubt. Um, I have no yeah, doubt in no, my mind. no doubt. Setting himself up for the potential to be the next uh, the next contender. I just I think it's a little too soon to throw Garbrandt in there against Dominic. I think he, he, you know what though it, that division it, it's you know one twenty five one thirty five. If they have anyone who looks the part, they gotta just give them the shot and hope for the best. Because worst true. case scenario, that person loses, and right. now the champion looks great, or the number one contender looks great. Twenty five is definitely in that position because so. Demetrius has cleaned everybody out. And Dominic, no, he still has to face Wilson Reese. Yeah, and that, and, and what I don't know, whoever the whoever wins the Ultimate Fighters. Yeah, I know. Ultimate Fighter Champions Edition or whatever the oh, hell. There's there's names, guys. There's there's twelve. There's sixteen names in that house that all want that title shot. Yeah, they're all they're all, all champions somewhere. They're all champions somewhere. Moving the caption, on, right? Ultimate Fighter Twenty Four. Who <sighs> does Mighty Mouse beat next? Yeah, who's Mighty Mouse going to beat next? Speaking of next, our next fight features your MMA wife, Miss Rocky Raquel Pennington. Taking on Elizabeth Phillips, Rocky's been. She, she's looked impressive. Her last. She's been really good. She has been. She's she has gotten just every fight. She gets better and better and better. Um, her, I, I just want to say uh, thank you so much, TSN here in Canada. 
we get five stations of TSN, and the one station that you have to subscribe to is the only one that's carrying all the prelim fights. Otherwise, I get to sit down and watch the CFL first, so I get to miss all of these beautiful fights. You guys don't have Fight Pass in Canada? I'm not going to pay for Fight Pass. What kind of fan are you? You, you, got, you got a DVD collection that is just ridiculous, <laughs> and you won't pay the nine ninety nine a month for Fight Pass. I pay nine ninety nine dollars forever. I pay nine ninety nine a month. Come on. I'm made of money. I got two kids. I'm a wife <laughs> and a dog. I got medals to feed. <laughs> I, can only, I can only do a one-shot buy. <laughs> you just got to keep... You got to just keep coming up with new email addresses and signing up for the seven-day trial. Speaking of which, what's your email address? <laughs> you can't... Mine's already... Mine's already used and my fight pass already gets shared anyway, so... <laughs> I already uh, share it with another member of the show. I just basically blame the uh, the Olympics for this one. You're gonna blame the Olympics? The CFL. <laughs> Who uh, who's um, who's playing this weekend in the CFL? Since you're gonna have to watch that instead of pre fights. Oh Christ! I saw it and I got angry. I think it was the Stampeders and the Red Blacks. Okay. Calgary. Yeah, now we're breaking down the CFL, man. We're all over the place here. I know what's funny is that all the teams in the CFL currently have more wins than the Detroit Lions. What a shock. That's not really that impressive. Yeah, man, that's not that impressive. We're the first team to ever go 0-16. Hey, someone's got to be first. Damn right. If we're we're last in everything else, we might as well be first at sucking. It's our year this year, Ryan. It's our year, you damn pack. Shut up, you're a Packer fan. Go. It's been your year. Go, go dance around with Brett Favre for a little while. God damn it, I forgot he's a Packer. I was going to put my cheese head on and drink some beer. Yeah. Go ahead, drink some shitty Miller Lite. So, I, uh, so do, I, do, I, do you want me to keep on breaking down the CFO or should we get back into the <laughs> Yeah, let's get back. Let's get back to Rocky. <laughs> so distracted. Rocky's coming in seven and six. Elizabeth Phillips five and three. I'm gonna take Rocky by decision in this one. I think she. I think she's been looking great. She has been. Her striking's been crisp yeah. and clean. And she's improves every fight. Gonna, uh, I think the we talked about it last time I was on the show. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Dave brought it up. Uh, home Pennington too. Yep. I think if uh, if Pennington wins this. I think the UFC can uh, can set that match up. That's a fight I want to yeah, see. I don't stand. I fight. think I think this Rocky Pennington beats her. She almost beat her last time. I really it wasn't and a she dominant. Beat her last time. The judges just happened to be Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles. I dude, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I think that that fight was terribly judged, and I thought Raquel did enough to win the fight. Yeah, yeah I but, think she I mean, this time. You know, that was you? then. This is now. And uh, to be honest, I. Uh, Rocky striking coming out of the Ultimate Fighter House has just gotten better and better and better yep. and better. Uh, I, I I don't know enough about Phillips to really break her down as much. Sure. But from what I know about Rocky, I do think that I I, I think she has uh, I think she has a good fight. Uh, I think she can finish it, but. Rocky's ground game gets gets underrated a lot. Um, you know, she's at a forty three percent sub rate, which nobody ever wants to talk about. 
think people are afraid to talk about the ground games nowadays because people just want to see like, the big knockouts, you know? Yeah. I feel like yeah. uh, if people were to, I feel like you guys being wrestlers, um, the, the respect that you have for a, for a guy who can really wrestle uh, or a guy that can really uh, work the jujitsu game, people don't want to see it, but you can see so many. Like John Fitch is probably one of the greatest fighters in the UFC, but he got no respect because no one just wanted to see a 15-minute fight where he was just trying to work to get a couple submissions. They want to see the big knockout. Well, look at and I think, and that, sorry, you go on. I was just saying, look at Damian Maya. Oh, crap. I think he's one of the most exciting fighters to watch. I love Damian Maya's fights. You know, the chess, uh, well, the chess mind, games they put about, on. How about, uh, we talked about earlier, Jake Shields. Jake Shields yeah, as well. Another one. Jake Shields, literally, he, he beat Damian Maya at grappling in the UFC, and his reward was one more fight and, and a release. Yeah. <laughs> I know Damian Maya's even talked about for a title shot. I digress, though. Yeah. So, looking at Phillips' last fight, or her four fights in the UFC, she lost a decision to Valerie Letourneau by split. She's lost two split decisions, uh, and then her only win coming against Jasmine Duke. Man, that doesn't really. Much yeah, really, I guess. there's there's nothing there's nothing about anything she's done really that I that puts me in any fear of Rocky losing. I think Rocky walks away with this. I, yeah, I, think I, I, I think a lot of that does have to say with the state of women's MMA right now. Yeah. It is so new that there aren't those names and those records um, yet. No. And that's how come, you know, being, you know, you, you know, being one in three in the UFC and a win over Justin, I mean, a win over Justin Duke a year and a half ago was pretty nice. Now it means nothing, which is kind of sad, but... Uh, it is what it is. I mean, it met, met more in name only because she was Ronda's training partner, but she really... Jasmine Duke, even at, going back into her stay on the Ultimate Fighter house, was never an impressive fighter to me at all. But She had, a, uh, she had, the, she had one really good fight on that. I forget who it was, but I remember I was watching, and they were both blood, like, just bloodied up and just not stopping. And, but that was then, this is now. This is now, uh, exactly. Speaking of uh, this is now and former... Uh, Ultimate Fighter competitors. Uh, the, the opening fight on the FS1 prelims has got number 13, Random Marcos, taking on Courtney Casey. Courtney Casey's uh, has only got one victory in the UFC, but losing to uh, you know the likes of a oh god who was it? She's lost to oh she's lost to Sohi Ham, and she lost to Joanne Calderwood, both by decisions. Her fight with Sohi Han was a fight of the night. Uh, as with Jojo. As with yeah, Jojo. And a, lot, a loss to Jojo is, is, is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I mean, both of them, both of them decision losses. Uh, so Casey's got the ability where Marcos... Marcos has, has been a, uh, a win-one-lose-one fighter, but her losses aren't too... She's, she lost to Jessica Penne, who at the time when she lost to her was... Was a pretty, uh, pretty well fought out or highly ranked fighter, and it was in the Ultimate Fighter finale. She's got a win over Ashlyn Daly, and then a loss to Carolina Kolinkowitz by a decision. I, I mean, losing to Carolina like it by decision is not anything. Again, not a bad deal, well, especially no. now that we see where Carolina is uh, after her her last fight against um, 
Uh, brain fart. Oh, yeah, I know. I just had one, too. Who was it last buddy? Oh, Holly. Pat Theron's home. Yeah. Wasn't it against home? No, that was Shevchenko. No. That was Shevchenko. No, that no, no, God, it was the Coleman at once uh, at, at, at 201. Oh, my God. Why are we all blanking on this? I can see her. She's she's a shaved head. Pat Berry's girl. Nama Yunez? Oh, that's right. She pointed out Nama Yunez. That is right. Oh. I completely yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yes. That was the Nama. Yeah, she dominated on Nama yeah, Yunez. Yeah, we spoke about that because, you know, I made a point to point out that, you know, Thug Rose was your chick. She is. That's right. And, and, then, and, and she's, she's trying to go after, she wants to go after Ioana again. Carolina does. I, I think yeah, Marcos but, gets this one. She's she's looked impressive, even though she made the, the switch from training in Canada to training with the Michigan top team, which really isn't that top. No, no, uh, yeah, I, I think she has the ability just to get this win. I do too. Same. Courtney Casey uh, is no joke, but I think Random Marcos is just on another level. Yeah. yeah, she's just on a different level yeah. that Courtney Casey's not at yet. Casey's fought very high level competition. Very high level. The competition. only thing, that, the only thing that, that that that's in her uh, in her corner is, you know, with, with the whole Invicta UFC bring girls in, send them down, like almost like the uh, like the feeder league is a loss here, sends her back to Invicta and fighting on the internet, and a win keeps her in the UFC. So she's literally that hungry fighter like that that they used to talk about back in the day. Right. So we got one more fight to talk about on this card, and it is the FS1 early prelim main fight as number seven Neil Magny is taking on Lorenz Larkin. And there is no way Neil Magny loses this. I don't no see it. Way. I, I don't I, see it either. He's what he he what he fought twelve times in the last two years. He's won so ten of eleven. That, including this year he's got like four, he's got like fourteen fights and his only loss was to Damian Maya. Maya. Yeah. yeah. So that kinda tells you what like what it takes to beat him. He's won and ten of eleven. Larkin's a, he's a good fighter, but Larkin's not on that. It, yeah, he'll, he's he'll not on that game. level. He's no. definitely not on that level. Uh Larkin can catch him. If he catches Magni I mean, Larkin's a powerful, powerful Mag- dude. Magny's been caught before. Magny's been in some trouble in, in past fights, and he's shown that if he gets in trouble, he knows what to do. Yeah, he's a smart unless, fighter. Uh, Very unless, smart. Unless, uh, unless Larkin can hit like the uh, the big shot. That's what I'm uh, talking about. It, it, it has to be the big shot. If he if he stuns him, he'll be fine. It has to be the shot that really finishes him off. That's that's what I'm talking about. And Lorenz Larkin has that one punch knockout power. I mean, he's got two performance of the night knockouts early. He did not look so good in that Artem Lobov fight at all. That was or not Artem Lobov. And that's his lot because Artem Lobov is is nice to be to be nice. Yeah. Something that Neil Magny has that um, I think more people should be talking about is Neil Magny has a high fight IQ. Yes. He's an extremely smart yeah, he fighter. Really does. Um, whether it be stand up or ground, it doesn't matter. He's, he's, he's very well rounded on every which way he goes, and he's extremely smart on conserving energy, when to explode, when to hold. Um, and Neil Magny doesn't 
lose this fight this I weekend. I don't think so either. I, well, think I, I go in along with what, what you said there, Dave. Uh, like uh, Brendan Schaub, who used to train with him, calls him the gazelle because of the fact that he can just go and 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 go, and go right? Like, yeah. He just has it in. He can just he can just run for days. Like he just get in, get out, get in, get out, and that's it. Do you, you think that uh, Larkin is going to hold up against a guy like that this weekend? No, no way, no way. No, Maggie, I don't think so either. No, I think I think this one will probably go to the decision. I think it'll be. I think it's a decision win. I do too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. decision decision win for Magny for sure. I I think it's going to be unanimous. He's going to just. Take him for three rounds and destroy him. He's gonna take him to school, basically. Yeah, Maggie has. You know. have finishes. I don't have my computer in front of me. Does, does Maggie have a finish recently? Oh, um, or is he been decisions? I don't believe so. Let's find out. I can only think of him decisioning most of his wins in the last in the last little while. Magni. <clears throat> Coming up right now. Magni has not won. Up, oh, yeah, he does have a K. Oh, he's got a K over uh, Hector Lombard. Lombard. Yeah. Oh, oh shit, that's right. Man. I forgot about that. Was that in Australia? Uh, that was fight night uh, back in March. Hunt. Oh, that was Hunt Mir. Oh yeah, that was the Hunt Mir fight. So oh, New okay. Zealand. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But other than that, it's oh. been it's been so decisions. How bad is it if you're if you're Neil Magny though, like you know you were talk we, we talked about like the the ground game and how it doesn't get the respect it deserves. You're Neil Magny. You have you know you're thirteen and one in two years, and you can't even get a co-main event spot on a paper. You can't even get on the main card in the pay per view. Yeah. Oh, I mean that that FS1 prelim spot is a pretty coveted position for a lot of people. I feel like that one it, it's coveted when it's when it's the names that people know. I don't think the average person is going to be sitting at home, you know, grabbing a pizza or a burger and be like, "Oh, Neil Magnus, hey, when you see Uriah Faber, you're going to right." Yeah, yeah on. I agree. I, I just feel like, I feel like the right the right fighter that that spot's right. I feel like Neil Magny is a guy that they need to get onto the pay-per-view and get him off the fight pass and off the fight nights and off the prelims to really get, like, build that star. Well, he's headlined, he's headlined a couple yeah. cards. Uh, there's the cats. The like, short notice ones. You, but. you give, like, Diego Sanchez that spot. Yep. You give, like, uh, Jim Miller that spot. You know, cats like that. Yeah. Uriah yeah. Faber. Joe Lozon, guys like that. I mean, that's, they excel in that spot. But, I mean, Neil Magny... He's the, he's the cat time. that takes the fight whenever he can get the fight, you know, and, and he doesn't really care where. Right. You know, you want to put me in the prelims, fine, I'll fight there too. Sure. What did he do? I think, uh, I think he did like 2014 and 2015. He did like six fights and five fights. Like, he became like the first fighter to have like six, or he, he, he tied the record for like five wins or six wins in one year. Yeah. Just crazy. Wrap your head around that. Yeah. Like, he spent a month in training camp. And then a month off, then get right back in. Like it, it's ridiculous. Sometimes what, it wasn't even that. He would he fight and then he's three still, weeks later, and he and he's fighting Lorenz Larkin as opposed to you know 
And like, well, yeah, that's what's it? Nate, Nate Diaz. Like, come on, just give him, throw him to Nate Diaz. Like, just, just give it to him. Who cares? Let him lose, <laughs> lose to a big name, but let people see him. A win over an unranked Larkin doesn't really do a lot for him. No. You know, that's from, all, but that's all his paycheck. wins for the most part. All yeah. of his wins are, are, aren't necessarily what's going to get him noticed. No, his wins are not. I mean, other than, I think, the, the you know, obviously the, the KO over Lombard was a big name, but I mean. Yeah, he got a win against Gastelum, a win against Silva, uh, but then it's your boy Lim, uh, Kichi Komamoto, William Macario, Alex Garcia, Rodrigo De Lima. He's got a win over Tim Means back in 2014, but then you know, outside of that, it, there's no real names. I feel like the one time they they were like, okay, look, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you the paper and spot. You're gonna fight. Uh, I mean, it might not even going to be a few, but we're going to give you Damian Maya. Just go out there and show the world what you can do. Don't let us down. And, yeah, he was on that you know, pay-per-view spot. There we are, and he's, and, he's fighting on the, and he's fighting on the prelims. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll see what he's happens. He's such a fun fighter, though. He is a fun fighter. He's a fun fighter. What the hell was that? That was a motorcycle. Sons <laughs> of Anarchy? <laughs> No, never heard of it. <laughs> we don't have that here. In the we don't. Park. We don't have. We don't have Sons of Anarchy here in the U.S. What is that? Some kind of Canadian biker oh, show? You know, you need three G to get that. Oh, see, we're too far ahead of you. <laughs> so we got a we got a couple you, news. You guys have grandfathers of anarchy. Yes, yes. We uh, so we got a couple news stories to to wrap up things up before we get out of here. Uh. We've talked a little bit about John Jones. We did find out this week, earlier in the week, that John Jones had posted a video to his Instagram saying that uh, things were looking good. He couldn't really go into details, but he said that he would be back sooner rather than later and sooner than people expected. Well, the next day, Dana goes on the Jim Rome show and says, uh, well, I don't even know if this is public. I I don't know if I can really talk about it or not. But he said, normally I talk about anything, but when it comes to the medical stuff, you just can't do it. He was saying that uh, it looks like John Jones did not take the drug everybody thought he did, and it looks like it's something else. I'm going to let this thing play out, and if it's true, and that's what USADA and the Nevada State Athletic Commission say happened, it could look good for John Jones. And in true John Jones fashion, that post got deleted very quickly. Of course it did. Of course it like, did. Even, even, like, you know, he calls Daniel Cormier every word in the book outside the end bomb, and he, and he deletes that post because it's so negative. Here he puts up something positive, and he still deletes it. Like, just get rid of social media. What's the point? Yeah, if you're going to post and delete, I mean, I don't see the sense. I don't so. either. But, yeah. uh, but, but in all honesty, uh, you know, there, uh, I, I had uh, posted that to the Way of the Warrior page, and there was a lot of people that came out and we're ripping uh, USADA and UFC for letting this one slide. And I had to point out oh. that they're, they're not sliding. He did test positive for that drug. The question is, did he knowingly take it? Right. And that's where, yeah. it, where, where the problem lies. Cause, and you've seen it with Yoel Romero. We've seen Tim Means. Uh, and there's another guy um, where they, you know, they tested positive and they said, look, 
here's what I did. They went and they looked at it they're like, oh, oh crap, he's right. Nah, that actually isn't there. And we just added it a week before the test. So he couldn't have known it would still be in his system. We have to fix that. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with yep. Jones. We'll see what happens with Jones. He uh, may get another slap on the wrist like he's been. Yep. You know who looks the worst in all of this? You is Chad Mendez. Because Chad Mendez is the only person so far to not say, I took this. He's the only one to say, I'm going to accept the, uh, I'm going to accept the suspension. Oh, it was because I had acne on my chest. Well, Uh, you had the chance. And now you're seeing John Jones cleared. You see, like I said, Tim Means cleared and you've seen Yoel Romero cleared. Like, USADA and UFC do go back and admit their mistakes, if yep. it is a mistake. And, uh, yeah, I, I, like we talked about earlier, I think for this card, this weekend, is going to go a long way, I think, to decide how John Jones' suspension goes. If he gets six months or three months or, or whatever happens, happens. So we had to hear the hearing whenever that happens, but... It's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how this one plays out. It's either gonna be three. There was a lot. There was a lot of things said by both parties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. When John Jones came out and said, "I'll I took this," and the company right away shot back, "Oh, we never. We no. He's lying." Well, now that company looks pretty shady for not knowing what's in their own product. Well, dude, when when Chael was on right after that, when Chael was on uh, the Joe Rogan Experience that week following. He they they brought up the the company's website and some of their products is just like just screams hey yeah. this is not what you should be taking All right yeah yeah all you gotta do is you gotta find that you know they, they you know they have hundred products you find two that are slightly okay slightly okay and then you have your way out that right. way you can cheat and you look like you're Good guy. Yep. So we'll 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 actually wait to see how this whole John Jones thing is going to shake out over the next few weeks. Um, how does he keep on getting off? I have no idea. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, come on, he hits a he hits a pregnant woman and breaks her arm. Runs from the scene. No, you're not going to jail. Here's a six month suspension. You, you rev your engine against a cop. Oh, take some driver's license. Uh, take uh, some uh, some driver's tests and some anger management courses. Take a good God Almighty! Like how many how many lives does this guy have? How many horseshoes are up his ass? A lot. He's got the one that Brock Lesnar got out of Frank Mir's ass, and he shoved it up there. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of guys in uh, anti-doping policy violations. Uh, we found out earlier today that Francisco Rivera was notified yesterday by USADA of a potential anti-doping violation stemming from an out of competition sample collected on July 23rd. Uh, they have not noted yet what it is. Um, and so we're just waiting. Have you guys heard what he even said yet, though? No. Yes. I did not. That was where I, I, I mentioned uh-huh. it earlier. There was my that was 
my joke. Uh, he's saying it was uh, tainted Mexican meat. Oh my God! Yeah, no, I didn't. Frank, take, taking the Frank Mirror uh, method of the, yeah. the tainted kangaroo meat. As I said, I've heard. You know, I didn't know that that you're in Rivera. A different country. Don't eat the food. Yeah. Bring so, a chef. Bring yeah. hire me, guys. Yeah. Ryan is available. Pick him up. Fly him and, around. Uh, attention, all UFC fighters! I will cook for you and I will travel the world for you. Just pay me nicely. <laughs> If this comes back that this is Mexican tainted meat. Oh, um, man. I don't even want to think I about it. I don't want This is going to be a fiasco. It's going to be a fiasco. It will be. Don't visit Chihuahua, Mexico, guys. No, stay stay away from pretty much anywhere that's not a resort in Mexico. I went to a resort in Mexico, and it was awesome. Yeah, you want it like yeah. Cosmo, Cabo. Don't you leave know. the resort. Go, don't <laughs> leave the resort. You will die. Yeah. So, that's it. Uh... One final little bit of news here um, on a more, much more somber note. Uh, we at the Average Joe's MMA show would like to extend our sympathies to Chael Sonnen and his wife. As uh, yesterday, their, the news had broke about their, or the day before maybe, the news had broke about their uh, newborn baby passing away. Um... She was born early yeah. on uh, the tenth of this month, and uh, from complications due to that, they lost their daughter. Yeah, uh, story yeah, with if uh, if uh, if anyone wants to hear it, uh, Cheryl Sonnen did a a really good uh, podcast earlier this week. Uh, actually, uh, yesterday, uh, you're welcome with Cheryl Sonnen, where he di- he discusses everything that happened. Uh, um, there was a listeria. Yep. Call back in Washington State, and it was all cleared up. Uh, his wife had said she was sick. They went to uh, three or four doctors, and all the doctors diagnosed her with the flu. And when everything had happened, they had the, the premature birth. And uh, she also had said that she had the flu. A uh, doctor said, well, did they do the nasal uh, exam? And uh, he said, well, no, they just diagnosed her. And they went in, they looked, and she had listeria. And so um, the she passed it on to the to the child, and so the child's liver uh, basically was failing before it even had a chance to start. And uh, you know it, it hits me really hard. And now you guys know yep. I have a little one on the way, and you know I heard her, oh his or her heartbeat today for the first time, and. Uh, that story just playing on my head of like, you know, like everything, like, I don't know, everything that I cook for my wife now is going to be playing in my head for sure for the next, uh, for the next six months until, uh, until I hold my little, uh, my little one. Right. And crepes, you know, you don't even, you don't even know what to think. Yeah. I, we were all talking about it yesterday and you two as fathers, I can only imagine the way this story, you know, hit you guys. It, I mean, it hit me hard enough and I'm not a father. So, um, and it, hits, it hits me the, the double way because not only am I trying to put you know, like make sure that the child's healthy, but you know, I cook the food too. So if, right. if I ever find yeah. out that something happens to, uh, to my unborn because of food, it, it falls on me. Right. So I mean, like this, so that story coming out really just it hit me like in a in a few different angles that really just made me sit down and look at my daughter and just do you, just be so grateful that she's here. Do you guys know if this was their firstborn? Second. 
It was just for their second. second they had, they, they, yeah, they, they had they have a, a two-year-old son. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they had a little son. Very difficult, especially when you have a child of that age trying to explain to them and yeah. help them understand uh, yeah. what's going on. It's, uh, it's yeah, I, I, impossible. I do, uh, I do actually uh, recommend anyone that wants to go and listen to, they said, uh, You're Welcome with Chell Sonnen, uh, the episode uh, from yesterday it was uh, half an hour of solace, and then he breaks everything down. And if you're a parent or expecting, or you just want to hear a, a really good, well, not good story, obviously, but like a well informed uh, topic, uh, go and listen to it. All right, you got the you got the Ryan Dempsey seal of approval to go back and listen to this last episode of. Uh, Chris, you guys are about to make me cry, mate. No man, Christ Almighty, how can we, we gotta get this thing happy again? <laughs> well, here I, we got a little bit of happy news. So our final final bit of news story is non MMA related, but average Joe's related. So Dave and I've been been running this as a as a two piece here for a little while, and uh, this evening we are going to make the announcement that Mr. Dempsey here is going to be joining us on a permanent basis. Yes. So welcome, welcome to the team, sir. We are very excited to have you. No, I decline. You decline. <laughs> Well, fine. You can decline that. <laughs> You're still gonna do it. You're still gonna do it. No, no, I, uh, We're still no, gonna call I, you every uh, week. I'm, I'm very honored to join you guys. Uh, uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, like I said before, the UFC was uh, was a sinking ship before they brought in uh, George St. Pierre. <laughs> and so, average shows, I got to step up the the game for you guys. You know, <laughs> everyone knows that when uh, when someone from Quebec gets injected into a show, it gets better. And uh, all the viewers will know that uh, you all soon I'll be impressed with that performance of Joe's. <laughs> oh, he nailed it. He nailed it. Nails. So, this is why we bring you because you do a great GSP. But yeah, it, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I know, uh, Dan. I just, uh, like I said, uh, I'm very thankful that you guys want me to, to help you guys and uh, join and talk and all that. Absolutely, so, man. Well, you uh, yeah, you know, let's have some fun. Let's make some magic, do some fireworks, and see where this uh, see where this crazy road takes us. It. Absolutely, man. So that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode. Look forward to many more episodes with with Mr. Dempsey. Uh, always, you know, you could get on our Facebook page for any late breaking news in between shows. Uh, follow Dave on Twitter at David Van Boglen. You can follow me on Twitter at MuxBiff, capital M and capital B. And we share those on the page. And we share those on the And Ryan, uh, Ryan, I know you do a little bit of Twittering. You're more active on Facebook. Yeah, I am on Twitter. It is uh, KingRhino uh, underscore 16. Uh, always happy to talk MMA with anyone. Uh, and uh, anything, really. You guys want to talk music, movies. If anyone has an interest, shoot me a line. What kind always of music you into, to, uh, Ryan? To meet new friends. Yeah. What kind of music you into? We haven't. We've never talked uh, music. Uh, you know what? I, I'm down for basically anything uh, pre 2004 for the most part. I got a uh, feeling. You know I'll you... say I'll say pre pre 80s country, and then pre pre 2000s everything else. You have an extensive collection of Rush and Brian Adams records, don't you? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm uh, tragically hip. Tragically hip. <laughs> Just like me, I'm tragically hip. <laughs> well, 
That is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. For David Van Boglin and Mr. Ryan Dempsey, I'm Jeff Shanahan, and we'll talk to you guys next week.